I brought this up with Rich and I think it's funny and I want to know your guys' uh, input on it. So Trinity is talking to him on the other side because she's already made it back. And she says, you know, I, you know, everything the Oracle has told me is true. And that is that I would fall, I, we would, I would meet the one and I'd fall in love with him. And that is you. And she kisses him and he comes back to life. So my question is, was it true love's kiss? I don't know. Are we, <laughs> like, sleeping back. beauty here? Or, uh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Allison. And we decided to create this podcast for all of you out there who love movies, television, documentaries, all of the above. We will discuss one each week and we will talk about it we will watch it we will rate it our first episode was on the uh, Ted Bundy tapes we had originally talked about doing something a little bit more fun and lighthearted. I don't think we really went in that route no <laughs> but um, we decided we wanted to uh, you know being the year 2019 we wanted to look at some of the big blockbuster movies from 20 years ago and on March 31st 1999 one of uh the biggest blockbusters of all time, biggest sci-fi blockbusters of all time came out, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. And neither Allison and I had seen it, so uh, we took the opportunity to watch it, and we also decided to bring on a guest for this episode. We brought along client manager Mark Stock, who loves this movie, also has some trivia and fun information about the movie, so thanks for joining us. Uh, hello, yes, uh, thank you for having me. Let's just get right into it. Uh, this movie is uh, about two hours and 16 minutes long. It's a long one. Mm-hmm. But definitely worth every minute, I think. we. Absolutely. I really enjoyed this movie. And if you've seen it before, which I'm hoping most of you who have listened to this have, because it is a very popular movie. I mean, it's in pop culture, in dozens of other movies and television shows it's referenced everywhere and so it was kind of interesting for me you know like when you see a meme but you don't know what it's from and then mm-hmm. you see what it's from it, it felt like that watching this whole it movie. adds like a whole other depth or level to the meme it does. once you've seen it because jamie neither jamie nor i had seen it from beginning to end i'd seen mm-hmm. pieces of it but Mark, how many times do you think you've seen this movie? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have probably watched this movie 50 to 100 times. Perfect. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the perfect easily. person to talk about this with. Yeah. We also wanted to bring up that, again, this movie came out in 1999. I was seven. I was eight. How old were you, Mark? I was older than that. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But here's the thing. You know, when this movie came out, I was still very much into, like, Nickelodeon cartoons. I, you know had no interest in seeing this movie and it's sad you know that 20 years later I still hadn't seen it but I'm really glad I did I really liked this movie and I'm really excited to talk about it me too and I think something that should be mentioned like Jamie said is it's had so much impact on pop culture and when I was younger I remember when my parents went and saw this movie in theaters Mm -hmm. they never went out ever and it was a big deal and my dad would like quote the movie and talk about it (laughs) And I'm sitting there just, okay, dad, whatever, the matrix, <laughs> zero ones, whatever it is. But That's great. Yeah. And as always, as it should be noted, spoiler alert, 
Uh, if you have not yet seen this movie, do not listen to this podcast. Or if you don't want to watch it but want to know what happens, definitely feel free to listen along. But yes, spoilers ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> yes, Mark made sure we, we put that little spoiler alert in there for all of you. Um, one thing that we've all talked about before we actually started recording is this movie was revolutionary for its time. There was really nothing like it. And it's a completely original story. It was not based on anything else. It was not based on a book or a comic book series. This was an original idea. And for the time was incredible. Yeah. The Wachowskis, they spent years perfecting the screenplay. They did another movie before The Matrix. I can't remember what the name of it was. But they hadn't cast it or anything like that. So they had years to perfect everything. There was no plot holes, in my opinion. Mm-mm. I didn't think there was anything that there wasn't any continu- continuity issues or anything that just, I, when I say doesn't make sense, I mean the story itself doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. But the way that they tell it is perfect. And you know what I love about it is Neo, the main character, Keanu Reeves, uh he is obviously has no idea what's going on and i like that we're on the same playing field as him we also don't know what's going on so every time he learns something new we also learn it so it was there's a lot of movies out there where like you're just expected to not know anything and you're just like what the whole time so it was nice that you had a character that also was like that (laughs) and you got to learn along with him i thought that was really cool yeah i i agree um everything that you guys are saying is just right on point i mean um, you know, from the stylization of the movie, the way it was filmed. Um, there's just so many key things in this that are, you know, again, I think we're, we're groundbreaking for when it came out. Um, and then and I think they hold up 20 years later. I really do. I mean, if you were to put this up with, you know, a, a blockbuster that just came out, it would be up there, I would think. It reminds me a lot of, obviously not in concept, but just storytelling in general and just the story itself, how cool it was for the time. It reminds me a lot of Inception. Yep. Like very, just the directing of it, the the graphics are, and for 99, the graphics are insane. Yeah. They are so good. And I agree, it holds up. You watch it now and you're like, some of the slow-mo scenes seem a little cheesy, but again, at the time, you know, that is just yeah. so cool. There was just nothing. I mean, uh, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, specifically um, when they load uh, the scene where they go into like uh they're loading like the weapons room and all of these like gun racks, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. a white screen and all of a sudden they just flood in and there's mm-hmm. like millions of them. It's mm-hmm. like, it, 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 yeah, you're just, you're like, what, what just happened? And he's like, and then he sits him down, you know, in that chair and there's that television there and you kind of like shows him into the future or whatever, you know what I'm talking about yep. that scene mm-hmm. as well. Um, and just many, many scenes like that where it's just the, the dojo scene where they're fighting and they start to, you know, he's like trying to get him to realize what he can do with his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many scenes like that. The spoon scene is really yes. cool. Yeah. I also love the scene um, where his mouth gets sewn shut. That is, oh, yeah. that was so cool. I mean, that is on par with, with like CGI today, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, that looked so obviously not really real, but it definitely was like, you know, it's not cheesy. Like, you know, the seventies and the eighties, it was, it was very, how many memes were were spawned from the spoon? (laughs) I mean, like that, that alone is like, you know, there's Mm -hmm. so many, I mean, there's thousands of memes out on the internet from that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, such a huge influence on pop culture. Oh yeah. Uh, the you know the come at me where he's uh, you mm-hmm. know he's the doing finger the fight thing. scene and he's yep. like you know come fight me. I mean that's been in like how many movies now? Yeah. Like, I know. It's just and yeah. you don't think about that like no. us watching it now. I'm like oh I, I feel like I've seen that somewhere, and it's it is it is everywhere. So let's just take a little bit of time just kind of going into the plot. We won't obviously 
go, you know, scene by scene, but we're just going to kind of go through and what we liked, what we disliked and uh, just kind of go through the movie. So it starts off with uh, a phone call and you're kind of confused at what's going on at first. You're like, who's talking? What's going on? There's a little bit of a, uh, an ambush of a character we later find out is Trinity. She just basically starts, you know, kicking ass and beating up all these, we later find out our agents and it's it is very confusing at first. She's like, what, what? Where are we? What's going on? Why is she being, you know, hunted in a way? And then she jumps into a phone booth and disappears. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I know that you said that you know they don't like explain very much. But I think that a lot of movies spend too much time on the backstory, and so yeah. they waste time. And this was already a long movie, so I think if they had given you too much, you know, there, I think that that would have been bad. I think it was just enough to kind of pique your interest to yeah. say. This is, you know, you want to find out what's going to happen. What Why is, going is this on? going on, right? Well, they, I feel like they spent half the movie explaining it, too, because I paused it at the scene where they're all in the Matrix and they come out of the warehouse. It was already an hour and 15 minutes. And before, I feel like the plot thickens a little right. and it starts right. to get down to the reason that they had to train Neo to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. We kind of jump forward to a Neo in his apartment, and you learn that he is, what exactly does he do? Um, I would say he was a hacker, basically. Okay. Um, his professional, obviously, he, you know, he works in an office, but I think that's more of a cover. Right. And I think he was, like, you know, selling some sort of hacker, hacker software, it looked like. And at least that was my opinion of, you know. What, what happened there. So do they ever explain at all how Morpheus kind of finds these people that he thinks might be the one? How did they find Neo? Um, you know, they never really go into that, but I, I think there was something about them being able to identify people who would be willing to resist. Um, and I don't know. They never really, like, you know what I mean? Like, they never really explain that, but they kind of, like, like lead on to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they find neo and he uh gets a message on his computer right and he's immediately like what is going on Yeah, he's just like sitting there and he like i think if he falls asleep right and he thinks Mm -hmm. he's dreaming and then he wakes up and the message is on the screen if i remember correctly right Mm -hmm. follow the white rabbit and then he gets uh just a knock on his door and i assume they're people buying some sort of hacked or software and or something yeah. of that nature was the follow the white rabbit was that a uh, the lewis carroll reference i'm assuming maybe from alice in wonderland is that yeah the rabbit bit? hole right yeah so. and the the woman had a white rabbit tattoo right, right, and he immediately right. so sees a... that and he's like oh okay you know that they told me to follow he is so very trusting of this source by the way he has no idea but he must right. be just so bored with his life he doesn't really seem like he has anything else going on right so he's like okay cool and it seems like the matrix people already know of it but they don't know what it is so he spent some time looking into you know what the matrix is and he wants to know more and he knows that he'll find out more by you know following these people to this club that's where he meets trinity for the first time and she explains you know i know all about you i know what you do i know that you've been trying to find morpheus and uh you know you have this question and he says what is the matrix and so after that, um, I want to say he wakes up the next morning and he's late for work um, and he's right. getting disciplined by his boss. Yep. Um, and he basically tells him, you know, you can either choose to be at your desk on time <laughs> or you can choose to find another place to work, which is funny because I think, you know, it kind of, again, leads itself back to that theme of rebelling, which is, I think, mm-hmm. is kind of an under 
tone or like a an overall theme for the movie mm-hmm. in general yeah um for that angsty kind of a youthful because i think how many of us have you know worked at a job where we've been like oh i'm late and you know i just got yelled at by my boss so right. i i think there's a lot of that um in that and i think that was really an, an interesting scene mm-hmm. so he gets back to his desk you know and, and then uh if I remember correctly, that's the scene where uh, he he hears a phone ringing, and then mm-hmm. he opens his drawer, and there's a phone. Which uh, you know, I know like by today's standard, that was nothing, but that was that phone was like really cool back right. in 1999. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, it's like a it's flip a phone, phone, and it's so thin and light, and just you know, miraculous technology. Oh, doesn't he get a package? Yeah, and that's what, I that's think what that's it what comes it in. Yeah, I'm sorry, it was a, it was a, the package. I apologize. Sorry. No, no, no. For some you're... reason, I thought it was in the desk. Oh no, yeah, yeah I honestly you're again right, just it saw it, so everything's it's a so, delivery. so fresh, that's but. Right. But it's Morpheus, and he says, you need to get out of there. And he looks up, and there's a bunch of the government, the government in parentheses, agents that we see in the beginning. He tries to get out. Uh, Morpheus tells him to basically scale the window and get out, and he drops the phone. And he's like, well, shit. So I can't do this, and just decides to get arrested, basically. And he gets taken in and is questioned. And this is – this scene was – Honestly, one of my favorites. I thought it was so cool. So we later learn Agent Smith just at the time is just a nameless government agent. We don't know who he is. Is talking to him. You've already been, you know, contacted by these people and, you know, don't basically, you know, stay away from them. Like you think it might be like FBI or something like that or right. And that's when he, you know, they start questioning him and he doesn't really want to say anything. He doesn't really trust these people. And then the scene with his mouth getting sewn shut. And we were just talking about, you know, the graphics in this movie hold up to this day. That was such a cool scene. Mm-hmm. I loved that part. And then the the tracking device that gets inserted into his stomach. And then he wakes up thinking it's all a dream. But it wasn't. It right. actually happened. If I remember correctly, I think he wakes up in his apartment. Um, so Because they don't show how he got home or any of that stuff. And you're right. He does think he thinks it's a dream. Um, and then right after that... I believe, um, doesn't he make contact with, uh, um, uh, what's the girl? Trinity. Trinity, Trinity again. And then uh, they he wants to meet with her, if I remember correctly on this one. Mm-hmm. And that's where they, and they're like, okay, and they set the time and the place, and they have this car that he has to get into, mm-hmm. and, right? Okay, and so they take him, and that's when they find out that it was, the, the tracking was real, because they right. have to pull the tracker out, and he's like freaking out, because he doesn't know what's going on, and right. he's just like absolutely like just freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then he meets Morpheus for the first time, right? which is a very cool scene. And that's when Morpheus kind of explains, you know, briefly what's going on. And then he offers him the red pill and the blue pill. And the blue pill is, you know, you can just, you know, wake up back in your apartment believing what you believe, or you can take this red pill to know the truth. I'll show you how, how deep, fa- how the, deep rabbit the rabbit goes. hole goes. Yeah. So he takes the red pill, and this scene reminds me so much of another sci-fi movie that I love, uh, The Island. Hmm. Have either of you? Allison I've and I it. talked about this yep. a little bit. I love that movie. We watched it in high school, actually, because we had read um, House of the Scorpion, which is a very similar concept about cloning, which obviously this movie is not about. But, you know, the eggs that they're in, and are, you know, he wakes up in that and gets all of the, you know, cables pulled out of him, like being born again. And it's also another kind of intense scene. You're just like, what is happening? Yeah, where you where really is don't he? know what's going on at all. Yeah, You're just like, what? Like this. He's in this. Hairless 
man in a gelatinous pod and he gets flushed down the sewer essentially right. into a bunch of waste like a waste river. Yeah, it's basically like a sewer system yeah right and he gets plucked out by the nebuchadnezzar is that right the claw yes yep that's right good one <laughs> i'm glad you knew that I'm like, yeah, sure. That's what it was. So he gets plucked out of... Which is Morpheus's ship. Yeah, the river, the Nebuchadnezzar, Morpheus's ship, and they pull him aboard, and he still has all those connections on him, and obviously he's just born. He's like a little baby. So at this point, you're thinking, like, what in the heck am Mm -hmm. I watching? Like, what is going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Then they start, you know, working on his muscles because he's never used them. He asks, why are my eyes, why do my eyes hurt? He's never used his eyes. This body has never used anything. Right. It's fully atrophied. So they're, you know, working on his muscles, getting him to a point where he can, you know, walk and kind of be like, okay, what's going on? So this is when they explain, they take him into basically another dream sequence, not the matrix, but just to explain to him, like, you think that the year is 1999. It's actually sometime 2199. We don't really know what the year is. And you find out that the world has basically been destroyed. And has been taken over by machines, which again at the time seemed like such a scary. But I mean, it's a little un- bit Terminator-ish um, mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. machines, but I think it's a little even worse than the Terminator. I think because of you know what again when we get to the final payoff and they talk about why. Right. Well, they pacified the humans so much, right. and they really took over every single part of the planet despite everything the humans tried to do it sounds like they blacked out the sun or like burnt the sun or something that was their energy source because they that was their energy source and then no it's, i think we did that is what if i remember correctly. right yeah. we did that to try to stop right. the machines and it didn't work and then <laughs> they were like these humans hmm they produce um this much electricity and these this btus of heat we right. can use them but what i wonder what what are the robots trying to accomplish on the planet? Like, what is their purpose there? You know what I mean? They're these big squid-like just to exist robots, maybe, or... and they design this elaborate matrix for everyone to live in, so that the bodies can keep living. Otherwise, they said they tried to create a world where everyone was happy. Well, it and it didn't work. At least in their minds, anyways. But. Um, with all these people being plugged into, you know, again, when you find out that the matrix is actually just a giant battery in, in essence. So mm-hmm. basically they're using people to fuel the battery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the really sinister part is when he says that they liquefy the dead and feed them back yeah. to the, Ugh. to the people. So, cause mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, they don't have food, right. They don't grow plants or anything like that. So, so that's what they use for, for food. Gross. Yeah, it's super gross. But it's such an amazing concept, like, you know, machines taking over, which people joke about now because of our reliance on technology at the time that probably seemed like, oh, there's no way that'll never happen. But now it's like, maybe. I mean, maybe artificial intelligence is out there now. Yeah, I mean, like the Sophia robot. Who yeah, if you haven't hair. Googled that, by the way, yeah, go online <laughs> and take a look at the Sophia robot. It's or, it's pretty creepy. Or is it Boston Scientific? They have those robots. The ones that can jump over stuff. Yes, oh, and God, they can open, those are terrifying. They can open doors. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, Metal a little Head, bit of iRobot mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit there. Yes. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, I love that movie, too. Yeah. That's another one we should review yeah. sometime. But, yeah, so 
you know, Neo is very resistant at first. Like, I don't believe it. This doesn't, right. this isn't real. And the team is basically like, no, like, like that's just the truth. You chose this path. You kind of just have to live with it now right. and you can't go back. And even if you could, would you want to? But I mean, mm-hmm. imagine being in that situation and finding out that your reality is not real like that. I think that was the most mind blowing thing mm-hmm. was thinking, wait, what? The world mm-hmm. that I live in is not real. Yeah, nobody, it's a everyone computer you've ever known. Game. Yeah. Like, that yeah. I think was the most just mind numbingly exploding thing that happened. Like even to in today, like you guys were probably shocked when you like saw that in the movie. But I'm thinking like in 1999, it was just, Whoa. yeah, people like, freaked out. And I think it taps into a thought that a lot of people have also had, like, is this real? But it, it taps into this idea like what's real is what's the purpose of me what's the purpose of all of these different things happening is it all by design is it random and I think that idea after watching the movie you really think gosh okay I love the I love the scene where they're all sitting eating they're Mm -hmm. talking about tasty wheat and they said well how do they know what (laughs) how do the machines know what it tastes like and I've always wondered, do people perceive color the same way I do? Mm-hmm. When I look at the green screen, right. it, you know, to me, that's green. But through your eyes, does it look like what purple looks like to me? Right? totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's it takes the viewer down the rabbit hole a little. And it got the gears turning for me thinking about what's real? What's reality? Oh, yeah. Is it what I can perceive? Is it what I can see? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's mind-blowing. And you could, you know, we could spend a whole entire episode just talking about that concept alone yeah. because it's so just, it's kind of terrifying a little bit. That's, for me, that's why this movie is in the top, like, 20 of all time. It's a it's an amazing idea and, you know, potentially the future. Which I, I hope <laughs> not, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's hope the machines don't take over. But. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. But once... Once Neo kind of just starts to okay, this is it. This is this is reality. This is what's going on, and then Morpheus kind of explains to him that you know we've been looking for the one, and I believe that I have found the one, the one you know who's going to you know bring an end to the machines and bring all of these people out of the matrix, saving mankind essentially. Which I actually just talked with Rich about this earlier that it honestly can even be kind of used as a commentary of. Is you know Neo the next coming of Jesus? Yeah, or some know? sort of like religious connotation. Yep, mm-hmm. sure, absolutely. You it's, can it's, look at it like that. It's interesting, you know. Is you know you could think of it in so many different ways on on that angle alone. But once he you know kind of realizes, okay, you know maybe maybe like maybe that's who I that that is my purpose. I'm here to you know save mankind. So they do a little bit of training, and the training sequences are very cool. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're the the best one is when he first uh, tries to jump and he just falls. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Because he's like <laughs> he's like I got this, you know, and he runs and runs and runs and just just basically jumps off a building and he falls. Just falls to the but ground. he doesn't hurt. He doesn't get hurt because he's he's in the matrix. And right. So right. It's a training program or whatever. But And then there's the iconic dojo scene oh, yeah. with Morpheus and Neo fighting. And so that's trying to hit me and hit me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Morpheus like really gets Neo to kind of understand, Mark, like you said, how he can use his mind mm-hmm. to really control things. 
Yeah, it's it's and again when he goes to see the oracle, which is a short time later, to basically, you know, the oracle is just this woman who basically who is within the matrix, who basically just tells you, you know, kind of like a a medium, not a medium, uh, like a tarot reader, I guess. Basically, yeah. just looks at your palms and says like, "This is your destiny," but not necessarily. He Morpheus explains to him like it's not about what's right and wrong. It's what right. you need to hear. And so they, when they go to meet the Oracle, this little girl is, you know, mind bending a spoon and Neo is very fascinated by it. And she explains to him this, you know, the spoon isn't real. Like that's you, your mind is able to basically do anything, you know, that just, you have to think of that. Right. The spoon is not real. And then he's able to start bending it on its own, which it's is kind really of whole cool. Mind over matter type of a thing. Yeah. And then when he meets the Oracle, she, <laughs> And this is so funny. I don't know if you guys have seen Scary Movie 3, but I have seen that movie many times, obviously before I saw this. And there's a scene with Queen Latifah, and she's like, no, don't worry about that vase. And then Anna Ferris, what vase? And the vase falls over, which is obviously a takeaway from from this movie. Right. And the yeah. scene right here, which is which just made me laugh because I just thought about the parody. But And again, shows how you know big of an influence this movie was. Uh, and she says, you're not the one. Right. And I was a little disappointed at first, but I was also skeptical. You know, I'm like, mm, really? Then who is? You know, mm-hmm. what, what is all this about? So he leaves thinking, you know, oh, well, I'm not the one. And Morpheus, you know, is so, you know, set on me being the one. And I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to let all these people down. And so then they find out that they've been trapped. And Morpheus gets uh, taken. Right. And we find out what is his name? <sighs> cipher he oh my i knew there was something bad about him from the beginning he just he, that mustache yeah just, he, he plays the bad guy really really good in this movie and basically his whole reasoning is just he hates reality yeah and he, he doesn't want to accept it yeah he wants to be plugged back into the matrix so he can go back to happy land and eat he wants to be an and, actor and yeah. yeah eat steaks and i i liked that scene contrasting you know, the, the oatmeal that they were eating with this juicy, appetizing steak and the wine, it really, I think, makes the watcher or the viewer question more about your perception of, you know, reality, right. too. Mm-hmm. There's just so many, so many themes. I mean, you there could, are. Uh, so they yeah. basically try to uh, get Morpheus to confess to the codes for zion that's what it is yes and zion it sounds like is this underground colony of people who have escaped it's apparently the last Mm -hmm. city of the last city yeah and there are two characters that are in morpheus's crew that were born in zion so they don't have that plug on the back of their head Mm -hmm. or any of the ports yeah they're they're natural born and they want to protect that but they say that they inject that serum into morpheus and they say eventually he'll he'll break down like a computer like they're hacking him Mm -hmm. but he holds he holds on he does and it's Kind of hard to watch at times, you know, when his eyes are rolling in the oh, back yeah. of his head. And that is freaky. He's fighting it so hard. I mean, they could not have picked a better actor, I don't mm-hmm. think, for that. Is that that's Lawrence Fishburne, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He did a great job. And so once everyone else gets back to the other side and they realize what has happened, 
that's when Neo kind of comes clean. I'm, I'm not the one. The Oracle told me I'm not the one. So I'm going to go in there. I'm going to save him. It doesn't matter if I die, basically. Right. And they're like, no. And Trinity is, I love how she's basically like, if you think you're going to go in there alone and think you can do this all by yourself, you're wrong. So she goes with him. Right. And this is when, again, the plot really thickens and unfolds. And we have all these amazing fight scenes and interrogation scenes. I love the scene where Agent Smith is is talking to Morpheus and he talks about why why they did this in the first place about how you know humans basically are a virus which I've heard that analogy before and it's very cryptic but it's also super fascinating how mm-hmm. just humans basically just multiply and take things over and destroy them from the inside out which I think which is, again is another amazing <laughs> theme in this movie that you know yeah mm-hmm. yep and I, I, I loved that scene, how he's just, expl- which again, you know, Agent Smith and all these agents are not real people. They are, you know. Computer programs. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, very scary thinking about artificial intelligence and becoming sentient and everything in between that. But so Neo and Trinity get into the Matrix once again. They retrieve Morpheus after a slew of amazing fight scenes. And this, okay, so I want to talk about this for a second. (laughs) So Neo basically learns, and in so we learn that he is the one that he, you know, can basically like move like the agents. He can dodge the bullets. He can move quickly in there. That scene was really cool, though, almost like you know, the motion blur of him dodging the bullets and then the infamous scene of the, you know, him flying backward and dodging all of the bullets was really cool. But later on, he gets shot probably, what, like 20 times? And his heart goes out and he dies. And we think, oh, this is the end. You know, we couldn't do it. And <laughs> I brought this up with Rich, and I think it's funny, and I want to know your guys' uh, input on it. So Trinity is talking to him on the other side because she's already made it back. And she says, you know, I, you know, everything the Oracle has told me is true. And that is that I would fall, I would, I would meet the one and I'd fall in love with him. And that is you. And she kisses him and he comes back to life. So my question is, was it true love's kiss? (laughs) I don't know. Sleeping beauty here? Yeah. I... I hate the fact that Trinity and Neo fall in love. I think, I, I guess it's a not lot really of necessary. No, a lot of action movies have a romantic subplot, but how much time did they really spend together? Oh, I know. I was like, girl, you don't even know him, and you think, <laughs> and you think he's a dumbass most of the time. Oh, I know. When they're in the car earlier, and he's like, oh, I used to eat there all the time when they're in the Matrix, and she just kind of looks at him and like smirks, like, oh. Oh. How cute, right? <laughs> so you thought you really funny. did that. You're so ignorant. Or when he says he's going to go save Morpheus, and she says, "If you think you're going to do it alone, you know mm-hmm. you have another thing coming," type of thing. I I didn't really like that. I understand why they needed something to make that plot happen, but I could have done without the the romance. Scene. I understand that. <laughs> I mean, I, I like that she's a strong female character though. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and even in 1999, you know, there weren't a lot of like totally kick-ass girls in, you know, as far as an action right. movies. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, you know, again, pretty, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I think all we had at the time was Laura Croft. Yeah, yeah. we had some, and then of course, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher from Star right. Wars. Right, of course, yeah. of course. Cannot forget about right. R- right. R.I.P. Right. Um, 
My question is, though, is he immortal? Why didn't he die? Uh, you know, they never really go into that. Um, he just gets back up. I think I think maybe it goes back into the mind versus matter um, that maybe, you know, it was so strong that he, you know, his bond to the real world was stronger than uh, the Matrix itself. Mm -hmm. And I love the scene where they're on the train tracks and Agent Smith is, you know, holding him down. <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, but I love it at the same time. He's calling him. What is his last name? Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Yep. My name is Neo. And he like does the backflip off of the train tracks. And before Agent Smith can do anything, he gets obliterated. From there, it's basically just, uh, you know, it ends with uh, Neo giving some sort of message out to the the machines. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to save mankind. We're going to. We're going to do what we can to, you know, basically wake everybody up. And, and it's from a payphone, if I remember correctly. Right? Yes. And uh, and that's how the movie ends. And uh, it's a very satisfying ending, but it definitely, again, leaves it open for, for more. You know, what's to come next? And as you probably know, there are two sequels that apparently Mark does not like. Yeah, you can skip them. <laughs> <laughs> but it, again, you know, I loved this movie. I thought it was so well done. I thought the directing was great. I thought the acting at times was not great, but this movie doesn't really rely on acting very much as it does just the story itself, which carries it, I think. Uh, the imagery was amazing. The effects were amazing. We've gone over that. You know, it's not even just for the time. It still holds up. I think it still looks great. 20 years later, I, I loved it. I loved this movie a lot. I really liked it too. I did a little bit of research on the shooting of the scenes and how they used, um, you know, in the sequels, they digitize a lot of the fight scenes. Right. But in this, you know, when they get the freeze frame and they kind of uh, rotate around, you know, Trinity in midair as she's about to kick, that was with... Another great scene. Yes. yes. That was with dozens of cameras that all caught the, mo the moment all right. at once. So the production value of this movie is incredible. Mm -hmm. And that really adds to the story itself. And I, I would have thought that it was based on a movie or a comic book or, or not a movie, a book or something like that because of how in-depth the story was. Right. It wasn't all, you know, it seemed like the story came first and then the production value. So I Absolutely. I thought it was great. You know, my opinions on Keanu Reeves, I think he's a great actor. In this movie, he wasn't great, but I think he was kind of perfect for Neo. I agree. Because he was still so young in a way. <laughs> I mean, he was like 35, but he wasn't a very mature actor oh right there was a lot of like controversy over him being in this movie because they're like you're bill and ted's excellent adventure like he's done mostly like comedies or indie movies i did a little bit of research on keanu after i watched this movie keanu sorry I um mean, he did some action movies there was point break the oh, original yeah with Patrick yeah Swayze. speed yeah speed. okay so he had done some but uh but yeah he wasn't really seen as much of an action actor at the time but I, yeah I, I agree I think he was he was perfect for it so Mark you said you had some like trivia for us on certain parts of this movie um, I don't know if some of that was trivia but I was doing a little bit of research on it um and uh, there's just a few things that you know they were kind of talking about when I was uh, just researching it things like uh there was no green in any of the scenes that involve um 
the real world versus the computer and all of the scenes in this movie that are inside the computer have sort of a greenish tint to them so if you go back and watch it you'll notice that there's like yeah it's really interesting um there are a few other things that i was reading about uh and again i can't remember exactly where i got that information but you know if i had to you know give you yeah something like that (laughs) Uh, there were uh, uh, i want to say that uh, a couple of the actors were injured um during the filming i know that uh Keanu had actually had some sort of a back injury and he wasn't able to kick very high or kick at all that much. So Uh uh, you won't see a lot of him kicking throughout the film um, just because he was limited to what he could do in kicking. Um, Carrie Ann Moss like twisted her ankle or broke her ankle Mm -hmm. or something. And she didn't tell anybody because she was afraid of getting recasted. Oh, <laughs> and um, it's a very physically demanding movie, yeah. I would mm-hmm. say. So yeah. that's yeah. All the surprising. actors, they trained for four months before even getting on scene. You know, oh. like 40 hours a week for four months. Trained with a choreographer from Japan who was a master in martial and, arts. Uh, apparently the Waikowskis made them read... Um, some philosophy books. The whole cast had to read like two Ooh. or three philosophy books before I've heard that too. the that. movie. So it was, in, yeah, definitely a lot going on, um, you know, again, from just multiple themes throughout the movie that right. I think are just really interesting and, and lend one to conversation and thought. Wow. So. All right. So overall, let's talk about our uh, rating for this movie. Uh, last thing we reviewed, I gave it a 3.5. I would definitely give this, I don't, I'm scared to give anything a 5.5 a 5 out of 5 just because there's so much we have left to to watch and talk mm-hmm. about but I would definitely give this at least a 4.5. And the reason I don't give it quite a full 5 is just because there are a couple of of cheesy elements that like the you know the kiss and you know Neo coming back to life there's a little bit that is left unexplained but not necessarily a bad thing. You know kind of leaves it up for interpretation. Um but I I loved it. I would definitely watch this again and again, and I kind of want to watch the sequels just to say I've seen them. <laughs> but I, I loved it. Definitely 4.5 out of 5. I'm going to go ahead and say my rating is 4 out of 5 because there are a couple of things I wish they would have gone into deeper. You know, I wrote down a bunch of questions while I was watching it. I was like, how do babies work? How do animals work? Right, right. What is the, you know, what, it, you know, there's so yeah, many How things. do you have a baby in the Matrix? Because it doesn't really exist. Right. Interesting. And um, some, of the, some of the things just seemed impractical in some ways. So that left me like, huh, watching it sometimes. But I thought it was terrific production value wise, awesome story. 10 out of 10, the story is 10 out of 10. I think it yeah. really mm-hmm. combines sci-fi and philosophy and all these different things. So four out of five. Mark, what would you rate it? I know you've seen it a million times. but I, mean, I know you don't want to give it a five out of five, <laughs> but for me, this movie would be a five out of five. Okay. It's uh, definitely, like I said, for me in the top 20. And that's, I have a lot of movies, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was great. And uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us for this one. I'm really glad that we decided to watch this one this week. I think next week we're going to try to watch, actually watch something a little bit more lighthearted. We've talked about a rom-com because of uh, Valentine's Day. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it'll be after Valentine's Day, but doesn't matter. Uh, rom-coms are great so i think that's going to be the next one we review but one thing we did not go over with this particular movie is where you can find it so uh this movie is available on amazon prime 
it is also on iTunes. You can rent it for $4 or you can purchase it, I think, for 14 Or if you want to go old school and get a DVD, you totally can. I still have a DVD player, no shame. Um, or a Blu-ray, however, however you guys want to watch it at home. But definitely, you know, if you're on the road, Amazon Prime or iTunes. And uh, as always, you guys... Uh, Please give us some suggestions on what we should watch. Um, we are definitely open, obviously, to watching th- movies that we have not seen before. And we are open to all genres. So uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good night, and we will see you next time. Bye. Take care. <laughs>